All righty. Uh, from my left uh, to my right on your radio dial, Amy Bizjack. Uh, Amy, what's your, uh, what's your role at Bethesda? Hi, Joel. Uh, my uh, role at the Bethesda Lutheran Services, I'm the director of our foster care, independent living, and permanency programs. And we have Jessica Peterson. She's from the Resource Family Association. You're the executive director? I am the president of the board. A president of the board. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Jessica, I you know, grew up with my kids, you know. So <laughs> go no, way back. Go way back. <laughs> And Amy Schamberg from the Resource Family Association. What, what do you do there, Amy? Um, I'm the vice president, and Jess and I are both actually foster parents as well. Okay, so so we have to understand this. So this is yes. this is like a volunteer boardish absolutely uh, thing of, of yes. and you're kind of connecting. Are you connecting all of the different agencies that are involved in fostering? Yeah, so all of the agencies, the foster families and our uh, kinship families in the area, kinship families go through family services um, in Erie. And so um, we are a support system for all resource families. Okay. It, yeah, I, I'm, I need to get this nomenclature down because so I'm hearing, resource hearing a lot of different terms that I haven't heard yet. Mm-hmm. Resource means it's like an encompassing word for foster and kinship. Kinship would be if you're related to the child, if you're a close family friend, even a teacher, somebody that's already personally known in the child's life would be considered kinship. Okay, yeah, that that didn't come up on our first go round with this thing. Am I saying so, I'm saying that right, Amy? Right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying that you know, like that's a that's a different kind of different flavor of this. And why do you make that distinction between fostering and kinship? Well, because kinship knows the child. A resource, a foster parent goes into this and a random, you know, I mean, you could call him a stranger, but the child comes into your home and you don't know the child right. as a foster parent. So when they take a child into care, they want to start with kinship. They want to put that child with someone that they already know. And, and again, that's that's coming right from the courts. That's their court's right. original issue. Once yeah. Once a child is adjudicated, the first check is, is there anybody in the family that could take care of this child? Correct. Is that a, I think even Judge mm-hmm. Trisella told us about that, right? Mm-hmm. So, all right, so um, it's it's when there is no kinship that it goes into the foster system, correct? Correct. Okay. Right and one thing that I'm even learning is even teachers can be kinship. Interesting. So if you have that, you know, that kiddo in your class that gets taken into care, you know, teachers are also a great resource, and a lot of teachers don't know that. Hmm. It, it, would, it would be interesting to know what what we're talking about, you know, what kind of responsibility level we'd be talking about with the teacher right Mm -hmm. okay so um so uh, let let, let, let me break this thing into into parts and i'm fumbling i'm sorry but um because at at bethesda you run a foster care program right absolutely joel um i invited these ladies here today because they represent not only foster parents themselves and they can speak to you from their heart but they represent erie county and all the agencies that um newly formed a coalition in the uh, late spring um just this is really recent Absolutely, absolutely. Under the um, the direction of Darlene Kroll, the administrator of the office, Erie Office of Children and Youth. So we want to definitely man- mention Darlene. I think she had been interviewed on. Uh, yeah, we've been connected with yes, her. Absolutely. absolutely. So today, I wanted to make sure that you know you heard the voice of these foster folks. I know you have another agency coming in here mm-hmm. soon. We also represent um, the Foster Care Coalition. Is also represented by uh, the Harbor Creek. Therapeutic uh, Youth Services. Um, they do therapeutic foster care. I also want to mention, as they as they already said, that uh, Family Services does kinship. So they go in and they certify homes of, of the folks that can provide that kinship level of care. And then we also have on our board the Bear Foundation. And last but not least, uh, Families United, which will be coming in here shortly, I believe, Ashley and Stacy. So we are all working collaboratively to meet the needs of our community. And, to and how are we homes. doing, I mean, as a community? I mean, right right from the Bethesda flyer here, there are 14,000 children in PA currently in foster care. Every week a child is denied a foster family. So this is, again, for a layperson, this is super hard for me to get my head around. And a child is adjudicated through the court system, through family court, but if there's no family to go to, what happens to the child? 
That's a wonderful question, Joel. I mean, as we talk about Bethesda Lutheran Services, we do offer an array of other programming. Um, as we mentioned already, we want least restrictive. So if they can go with a, a kin or a relative, that is the preferred um, when a child is removed from their uh, biological home due to safety needs, due to neglect, uh, physical harm, whatever the case may be. So we want to go to a relative first. And if that's not an option, then the next level of care, as I mentioned, was either kinship or foster care. If there's not a foster uh, home that can meet that child's needs, then we do have what we call uh, residential uh, programming or intensive treatment units. And Bethesda does offer those at level of care as well. We provide services to 77 youth from uh, multiple counties in Pennsylvania. So so, so basically, um, at Bethesda, again, I'm acquainted greatly with Bethesda down in Meadville as as like therapeutic residential, right? For you know, for behavioral health, right? We're talking that you also take kids that that just need a place to stay. Correct. Okay. Interesting. Yes. And and is there is there is are you are you the only game in town doing that, or are there other residential uh, folks that do this? So uh, there are other providers here okay. in Erie County. Um, like I said, we do serve Erie County, yeah. um, and we actually have two facilities. Bethesda Lutheran Services has two facilities here in Erie that people aren't often aware of um, that's more program-based. Gotcha. Um, so I also represent, as I mentioned, the independent living program. We are contracted for Erie County to provide independent living services to youth have also been involved with the foster care system. Um, and that program is specifically for youth ages 14 to 21. And Joel, I don't want to get too far off base here. Yeah, but yeah. Um, that's another wonderful collaboration or partnership. We have partnered with Family Services of Northwest PA. Uh, I think we're going on our ninth year partnering together to provide that service to over 300 youth here in Erie County. So the so the older fosters can end up yes. maybe in a group home or this independent living kind of environment. Well, our program something. is primarily designed to help them wherever they're located. Okay. Um, in the community, um, whether they're in a group home, whether they're in a foster home, whether they're in um, their own apartment, um, just to ensure that they have the skills they need to be successful and self-sufficient when they do age out of uh, the system. All right, so let's let's get on the solution side for yes. for foster parents. Um, what are what are the, some of the greatest joys that you encounter being foster parents? Because uh, one of the, one of the things that we experienced when we last hit this subject is we we were actually having a difficult time understanding you know, finding foster parents that didn't end up adopting their children uh that basically that's that kind of that you know my role is to you know have this child for a, a period of time and then uh you know move move them along whatever that means maybe back to their families mm-hmm. um what's your what's your personal stories i'll, I'll start with you uh, jess um so we are primarily in this only to foster um, so we are one of those families that take in the kiddos for a time um, until, until either the biological family is ready or until they're ready to move on to what they call a pre-adoptive home. Um, so that is what that is what we are doing right now. Um, we um, one of the joys is being a part of a child's life and um, helping them heal. Um, that is an amazing, amazing thing. And to watch the transformation over time um, of a child. Um, some of the kids that we've had come in um, almost seem lifeless. And then um, mm. as time goes on, the life comes back to them. And it's really encouraging. And again, we, we, we'll talk in a second about the trauma that you all face and the, the training that you need. Uh, weigh in on that, Amy. Um, so from my end, I am a single mom. Um, I always said that if I got to be a certain age, I would adopt. And then I got to be that certain age. Um, but then I just kind of kept being called to foster care and thought, you know, if I am ultimately going to adopt, why not help as many and be mom to as many babies as I can until that one comes along that needs to stay forever. Um, so in the past few year or a couple of years now, I've had four different babies. Um, I've said goodbye to three. And when you say babies, how little are we talking? About? Um, I've had a newborn, a seven week old, a five month old and a seven month old. Wow. So just strictly babies. Um, and, and, and is this a situation where the where the mom is in, in incarcerated or um, all kinds of different things? I can't really things? speak to their okay, individual sure. cases. Um, I have not had an incarcerated parent, okay. though. Um, but I have seen a wide range of basically every other reason a kid comes into care gotcha. I've seen. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but I've also seen them reunified. Um, mm. I had one that came that was just so malnourished, as so little, and I said I was never as proud of leg rolls in my life <laughs> as this little girl. Um, but 
Um, she's now in an adoptive home. I have, you know, kids that I've seen reunify. So it's just been an amazing experience. And now ultimately I will be ending up adopting here soon. So. Okay. So, so you're, you're kind of getting ready for mm-hmm. adoption. I okay. am. Um, let, let's talk about, again, Bethesda, has, has this always been kind of a part of the overall mission of to, to get into this foster care? Again, because you're well known for your residential services, right? Absolutely. Um, so Joel, we are ironically celebrating our centennial this year. So we've wow. been in existence for 100 years and we started out as an orphanage in 1919. So um, you know we've been called to do the mission for many years to, um, uh, to help wayward children or destitute children was our original mission. Okay. Um, and so actually it was in the 80s when we started residential care and foster care was added newly uh, soon after that. So we've been doing foster care for 35 years at the agency. Um, so yes, it's definitely one of our many missions. This is going to sound like a really stupid and, and backward question, but in, in, in I mean, maybe the word, uh, you know, um, w- w- you know, the, what am I, what am I, I'm losing the, my word. You said you started out as a, as an orphanage. Correct. The, the, the 1900s. The, 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 you know, the idea of an orphanage is, is long gone. Absolutely. Yet, technically, there are needs, it sounds like, at least for short term, to have that kind, that kind of residential experience. Um, are we just t- playing semantics here, or is it, I mean, I mean is there... You know, is there? It seems like there's a real need, especially when there's not enough foster parents around. That that basically that child will end up in in a residential situation. Well, the fortunate thing, uh, Joe, I'm going to kind of pull this full circle. You're yeah. right. Um, in the early days, when it was an orphanage, it would often be uh, families families would come forward when they right. couldn't they meet couldn't the afford. needs. Yeah. Correct. They couldn't afford, or they couldn't meet the the medical or physical needs of their child. So it was more elective. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas kids today, you know, sometimes it's voluntary, but typically it's not, as right. you well know if you've talked to Judge Trisilla. Um, but Bethesda also does offer other community services um, to to help to um, preserve the family. Units, so I definitely want to to make sure that we right. mention that that we're not just residential. Um, we have a whole continuum of care. Um, so oftentimes, as I mentioned, the independent living program would be one of our least restrictive community based programs where we help these children who have been affected by being removed from their home of origin um, to hopefully be able to be productive members of society. Um, we also have some um, behavioral health rehabilitation services, TSS, mobile yeah. therapy, behavioral specialist consultants, um, as well as some. Um, a partial hospitalization program. Often p- people don't know that we do that as well. So we do offer a variety of services right. um, to the to the community. Yeah, you're you're embedded in the community. Not it's not just everybody goes to Bethesda. It's it's, it's a total embedded. Uh, moms weigh in on this. Um, the the concept that you know. Being a foster takes a little bit more training than, you know, knowing how to change a diaper or, you know, get, get a kid a bath or, <laughs> you know, or get their homework done. I mean, you're dealing with children that have experienced trauma. Talk about any kind of training that you're required to have and, uh, uh, you know, what's your take on all that? Um, so when we when I, I went through the process of becoming a foster parent, we had classes that we took. Um, it was four weeks of, I want to say, three-hour classes. Um, it went over a lot of things about trauma and, you know, becoming a foster parent. Um, but a lot of it is just on-the-job learning, too. Mm. Um, scheduling, being flexible. Um, just, I, I would say that's the biggest part is just being flexible. Yeah, and I would say also, um, so if you don't necessarily have a background in trauma, um, being open to learning more. Um, and I feel like we're always, we're always learning more. Um, even after you are a certified foster parent, you are asked to continue to learn and to train. And every year there is a requirement of how many hours that you have to continuing, continuing education. Absolutely. Um, and, and that varies from agency to agency because there are multiple agencies that offer different, um, things, you know, for different types of people, so um, as far as foster parents, at one point, and again, you're, there's a caseworker involved. I would imagine with every child, right? Mm-hmm. How's that all go with y'all? Um, well, it's, it's usually a very easy uh, relationship with the caseworker. Uh, yeah, I mean, in my experience, it I has been. Yeah, you also have um, 
with both of our agencies, you also have a family support worker from your agency that supports you as well. Okay. So I feel like there's always been somebody to call or So there's somebody representing either from the county or, or mm-hmm. somewhere, the child, and yes. there's somebody representing your agency. Yes. So there, yes. there's so to there's represent a, us to as represent foster, you. foster okay. parents and foster families. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I would just like to add. Um, you know, I've been I've had the opportunity to work with these nice ladies for several months now, and the opportunity that our resource families have here in Erie is incredible. Um, they, uh, as part of the, they could speak a little bit further about this, but um, as far as uh, the folks who get to, the opportunity to be part of the Resource Family Association here in Erie County, they have a whole community and network of other resource families. And other foster families that um, they put on activities, um, they have uh, quarterly meetings, um, they do all types of things for the youth in foster care so they um, don't go without. Um, and I just really wanted to be able to highlight that, Joel. Sure. Um, and and uh, I think a lot of these folks sitting in this room right now and uh, the opportunity that our, not only our children but our foster families do have here in Erie County. So I wanted so to So there's a lot of networking that. going on between the fosters? Um, yes, we, we, uh, we, run a support group um, and we also provide activities for uh, the foster children and for the families that they are placed with whether that be kinship like we discussed or um, foster parents now um, it's interesting you're 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 approaching this from as a single mom you know Uh, do you ever wish that there was a or do you get help from other other people that kind of join up with you? My village or? is amazing. Between my friends Your and the village, foster- okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> um, between the foster parents kind of or the Resource Family Association, my family is all in town, sure. and they have been phenomenal. Um, every one of my kids has kind of become part of the family. Nice. Um, but, I mean, there's also bonuses to being a single parent, too. I don't have to agree with anybody on how I do things. So. <laughs> I was going to say, how about your husband, Jessica? I mean, do you, I mean, it, he's got to be obviously all in on this. Yeah, he is. He is. He's, uh, he's taken a... He's, Done a lot of sacrificing, I will say that. And, yeah. But he's um, he's an excellent partner to do this with. What you know? Again, you you all are certified, but there's another level when when a child is really hurting, they have to go to therapeutic foster care mm-hmm. or something like that. Again, that conversation with caseworkers and your representatives is key. I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, mean, just to make sure that this this child is in the right place, absolutely. getting the right treatment plan. Yeah, yes. and every caseworker I've had has been just so available if I have questions or concerns. Um, but they also have to come out once a month to see that kiddo. Okay. So they are there. They're in your home once a month. And if you have issues and things coming up, they're there to work with you. This is a group uh, that is is all about kind of keeping everybody communicating to each other and resourcing each other. And, uh, uh, and again, uh, we, do we have any idea and how and we'll ask, we can ask Families United, but there are thousands of children in foster care in Erie County, isn't there? I, I believe it's closer to a hundred. Hundreds? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, around right. four, it's closer to around 400. About oh, 400 is that, is that what it is? Time. Okay. But right. still, 400 is a lot of it's kids. It's a lot of kids, kids. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, you think about, you know, the, uh, the old model, St. Joseph's home, you know, I mean, how many people grew up in St. Joseph's home? I mean, literally, you know, that place was full. It was similar, you know, similar situation. Again, we're rolling forward to 2019 and and real solutions. And so let's talk about recruiting because, again, uh, the the reason why we're having this show is that we want people to kind of have that light bulb go off. And you were saying, Amy, that you're, you're finding great success as a foster, as a single foster parent. Yeah, I, one of the things I was nervous about going into foster care was that I couldn't be a foster parent as a single working person. I'm also a full-time teacher. Um, but there's so many resources out there. It's easy. I'm not, I don't want to say easy. It's not easy. But it's worth it. Um, and, and you have one usually funding, at a time or two? I've had two at a time. Um, okay. I just currently have one now. But um, there's funding available for daycare. So it's... It's doable. If you're a working parent, if you're a single parent, it's doable and worth it. And and how long have you been doing it, Amy? Um, two and a half years, a little over two years. And pretty much uh, you're getting ready to adopt, but mm-hmm. the uh, you how long how long was of the stay of the babies have have, have they been in your care? Um, What's I've the had, average? I've, I had one for eight days, and then I've had one for over a year that left. Okay. So I've kind of had the gamut. The gamut, yeah. Uh, Jessica, you weigh in as far as, you know, um, you know, the recruiting part, you know, for a busy family. You have your own kids, right? I do. I do. We have six in the home. 
Oh my. Yep, yep. And she's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, we have six in the home. Um, I am a stay-at-home mom, um, but for, I, I mean, I have friends who, who both work outside the home, um, and they do this, again, successfully, um, bring kiddos into their home. Um, as far as uh, recruitment, um, there, like I mentioned, there are multiple agencies in Erie County to connect with. Um, I would also say um, that if you are a little bit interested, even, um, you to just talk. Um, it's really, um, I think sometimes from the outside it looks scarier than it really is. Right. Um, these are kids. Um, it, they come into the system at, at no fault of their own um, and are kind of thrown into this and um, really just need a loving, uh, nurturing home um, to help them, like I mentioned before, heal and, um, and, and you know, Lord willing, um, reunify with their with their family, but if not, um, provide a forever home for them. That, that really is the key there, is that number one understanding that this child did nothing to get them into this situation absolutely right you 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 know if you can't go there then you're not you you can't do this but if you're if you're able to you know say okay this is a child that i can love and i could care for Mm -hmm. you could do this and so many people say like i could never do it because i would get too attached i couldn't give them back but the thing is, that's what they need. They need somebody to get too attached. They need somebody to love them like that. And it might hurt when they leave. It. I mean, it will. You will love them. But think of all of that love and support you gave them. In the meantime, you're changing a life. And there's you can't really put, you know. You're, you're making deposits. It. You're making memories. You're making. Absolutely. Yep. And there's so much brain health related to that. Too. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Like you're yeah. you're saving a child's life. So I, I think about what, you know, what my my uh, my kids are uh, doing with, you know, doing with my grandson who's only a one month old all of the different things to stimulate and to educate right even at this level yes. it's so important uh you're gonna get the last word here amy uh what what are some what are some things that folks can do to get connected with bethesda well, if as, they're interested yeah oh, thank you joel sorry um as i as we already mentioned um social media uh, right now has a lot of information on there uh these ladies have created a facebook page um that represents all the foster care agencies here in erie county as well as the resource family association so i would like to share that with you that is uh www facebook.com forward slash foster Erie foster Erie um, and again you can learn about all the different agencies here in Erie County as well as the Erie Office of Children and Youth uh, working collaboratively to provide homes for children um, that need them Ashley Perkins she's a resource family specialist for Families United Network and maybe you've seen their their, their ads and you wonder well what is Families United but let's find out who is Ashley? Ashley, uh, did you did you grow up here in Erie or did you, did, I did. you transplant? Okay. Yep, Where'd you go to high school? I went to Strong Vincent and General McLean. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. Yeah. And then what got you interested in, you know, are, are you like gravitated to social work? What 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 kind of role do you have? I actually have a bachelor's in psychology. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, no social work, but um, there yeah. is a ton of social work Where did work you get involved. your psych degree? Uh, Edinburgh University. Gotcha. So, yep, I stayed here and... And my I love my daughter's since. taking psychology in, okay. in Slippery Rock, so oh, very interested in that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's plenty of options that you can do with psychology. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so so what drew you to Families United? Um, so what had happened is I was, I was actually working in a nursing home, um, doing marketing and um, admissions okay. Okay. for them. Um, so Families United was looking for a foster parent recruiter or a um, family resource specialist, and I had applied because I have the background in marketing and. Um, you know, I wanted to learn more about what foster care really entails. All right. So I want to uh, try to recruit me. I want to hear right. this because right. I, I, again, if this is a serious of an issue mm-hmm. that we're talking about, Ashley, where we yeah. really need more parents, give it your best elevator pitch. All right. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> right. so I'm, I'm here. I'm a middle-aged old dude and I have uh-huh. a wife and, you know, we have a, a couple extra rooms in the house. So what would, All right. how would you approach me? So I would ask you, you know, what did, what makes you interested in foster care? So, so, so first off, uh-huh. there's got to be a little bit of interest on the parent side of things. Right, right. How do you develop that? How do you, is the, are you doing public education? Well, obviously we're doing a radio right. show, exactly. right? Exactly. So, so, but I mean, but yeah. we need, we need to kind of start wetting the whistle, if you will. Yep. So we do marketing, we do television marketing, we do billboards. So we have billboards in the county areas and then also within the city of Erie. Um, so we try to get um, people to talk about foster care. Um, you know, so now that we have the media kind of entailing on what foster care is and the need, overall need, we have more inquiries come in. So, so it is 
working. It That's is fantastic. working. Yes. Yeah. So. Oh, um, so good. Okay. So you. Mm-hmm. So we kind of self present. Yep. And then, and then, you know, you're you're asking, well, what would be our motivation? Well, we've yep. we've got some extra room and extra love, right? Yeah. I mean, that'd be pretty typical. Or? Yeah, absolutely. And we're asking, you know, what your work schedule is, um, you know, what your availability is, how how much do you really have on your plate, and how much um, do you know about foster care? Because not a lot of people know that, um, you know, foster care is a unit of service, and where the foster children are actually coming from. Um, so mm. it's a lot of education on that first phone call. I'm asking, you know. Um, what exactly do you know and what can I tell you about foster care? Because there are a lot of questions. Can I be single? Can I um, rent a, a house rather than own a house? Um, you know, there's all these um, pre um, conceptions about foster care. And, sure. and so I'm trying to answer those questions well, that yeah, people they, might they, have. They, they, you know, some something dumb like I would think of is mm-hmm. I, I need to have like a a military proof, you know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, electrical system and, you know, you know, like like a built like a hospital, right. you know, hospital cleanliness or whatever. Yeah. Maybe not so much. Not right. So much. No, <laughs> no. You can be single. You can be married. You can own a home. You can rent a home. Um, we're really looking for overall stability. Um, the children mm-hmm. are entering foster care from an unstable environment. So the last thing we want them to do is reenter an unstable home environment. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And so, well, let me ask you that's a tough question um do people self-present that are interested in the money part of this and may not have the stability part of it and the love yeah. part of it yeah so i'm asking the questions trying to get to know these people so you have what, you have the training to screen yep yeah so we're we're screening those people on the first phone call um you know really what's your motivation do you have enough money already to support yourself to support your household and if not you know what what is the motivation behind this? Very interesting. Okay, so if they if they make it through okay with the first phone call, mm-hmm. what happens next? Then I go out to their home and I'm giving them an overall education of foster care. This doesn't lock you into anything. It's just me talking to you one-on-one, uh, maybe with a husband or a wife, whoever might be involved in, in this whole process. And I'm giving you all the education that I know um, about court hearings, about visitations. Um, what does it look like to become licensed? Um, kind of what the steps are of that. And I'm just giving the overall education. If it's something that you're interested in, I leave you the information to kind of look over um but it's if it's something that you're like wow this is way too much and i can't do this right now then there's no ties and i i let you be and um mm. you know whenever you are ready you just give us a call back interesting the uh what are some of the red flags that you'll you'll see like like uh, some something that i always worry about mm-hmm. is if there are other younger kids in the home mm-hmm. when you're introducing foster care that could go either way that could be either really good or kind of tough wouldn't it yeah, yeah. And I ask, you know, um, have you had to talk with your, your children already? Um, what age groups are you looking for? Is an older kid really going to mesh well with your already established children in your home? Um, so I'm asking those questions to make sure that, um, you know, your home is really set for this and your personality. Um, because there is a lot of concern that, hey, I am going to get attached to this child and I'm not going to let um, them go. So we have to make sure that the family's um, noticing that reunification is the overall goal of foster care. Um, and how is this going to um, affect your children? You know, the, you, I, I know it flows right off the, your tongue, but these uh-huh. these are huge, huge statements. Reunification yep. is say it again. Reunification is the number one goal of foster care. So yeah, it's it's not about keeping the kid right. for adoption. It's it about is. returning that mm-hmm. child. Yeah. So what you're doing is supporting that bio parent throughout this whole process of taking care of their child and making sure that their child is going to be taken care of while they get the services that they might need. You know, in the last time we approached this subject, um, there there was some strong connection mm-hmm. with some of the uh, foster parents with the bio parents to the point. I remember some of the older fosters were like. You know, the the bio parent became kind of part of our family or mm-hmm. almost like a, a child to me as well. Right. Uh, do you see that happening sometimes? We, we do sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're, we're really trying to focus on the child and get them, um, you know, in a secure home while their parents try to, you know, look at the resources that they might have not known that was out there. Um, so connecting those um, parents to whatever the, they might need. That's interesting. Um, all right. So uh, so. Once you leave the the packet and they say, you know what, we want to go through the process, how rigorous 
is like the screening and all that stuff. And is it by you guys or is it uh-huh. by this, the state or the county? It's by us. So we actually license the foster homes that are interested in, in going through our agency. Um, we're contracted through the Erie County um, Office of Children and Youth and as well as um, Crawford County. So, um, you know, when they come around, they're actually placing their children in our homes. Um, so we're screening the foster homes, making sure that they have everything that they need and then also providing them with support ongoingly. Um, because foster care, you, you need a village in order to raise children. So um, the more support that you have going through this, the better successful you can be. So, yeah. So you're, you're bringing all kinds of support to mm-hmm. bear. Um, it, it, what do you think the timeline is from that initial contact to maybe having a baby or a young young uh, child in your house? Um, so there is no real timeline of when, okay. when you get your first placement, but it takes about three months in, in order to become a licensed foster parent. So we're doing all that screening um, in your home. I'm meeting with you in your home, mm-hmm. um, talking to you regularly and giving you the information that I have in order to make you successful. Um, I also give them training as well. We go over grief and loss, attachment disorders, um, working with the legal families, uh, making sure that you understand what foster care really entails. And do they go into your office for the training or are you doing it at the house? I do it in the home if um, their uh, schedules might conflict um, or I do it in a group setting at our office. So nice. it just kind of depends on what the foster um, potential foster family's needs are. So you say, so, yeah, so definitely the, the, the foster parent needs to be certified mm-hmm. after the training. Training goes through. You're successful. You get an A on your on your test, uh, and then and then and then what happens? What's next? So we're we're really looking at um, the clearances that that you'll need in order to become a foster parent. Um, Are they more rigorous than let's say you know if you're involved in? Child care, like I have clearances for uh-huh. my church. It would it be a, a you know I have an FBI. Yep. I did my whole fingerprints a whole bit. Yeah. Do I need more than that? You'll need actually. Um, it has to have the purpose of foster care. Okay. On it. So, so it's a bit normally, more. Yeah. yeah. Normally, um, when you you're doing it for church or through employment, it states that you're either a volunteer or it's for employment. However, with foster care, it does need to state that you you have been screened for foster care. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. So they do the do the the dive, mm-hmm. and then and then what's next? So we're going through clearances, interviews, um, your home walkthrough, um, you know, checklist, making sure that you have everything that you need. Um, because once I check that off, you you have to have everything in your home that would make it suitable to be a foster well, home. What's, at this point here, mm-hmm. when you're really going through the house and with the family, what are some of the biggest, the toughest hurdles that you find? Um, well, the overall things that you, you normally would not have in the home, like your fire extinguishers, um, the plugs that you need on the outlets. Um, you so know, you're looking for three prong grounded outlets. No, no, we just need the plugs in order. To, like, oh, so that just way, the covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, that gosh. way the child isn't putting their fingers in the in the outlets. So I haven't had those for around ten years, but you know. <laughs> I, yeah, fifteen. Yeah. So my daughter's give, nineteen now. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I give that all to the the foster family, so that way they're equipped in order um, for me to actually walk through, so they get an exact copy of what I I'm checking off. That way they have everything and they're ready for it. Okay, so so that's not that hard. Mm, yeah, just tedious. It's a lot of paperwork. But okay. I take you through the whole thing. I give you that support that you need in order to make you successful. That's what we want is successful po- foster parents. Sure. So. Yeah, you're, you're a cheerleader in, in addition <laughs> to an, an educator and a trainer mm-hmm. and all that stuff and a screener. All right. So, okay. Wow. We went through the, you know, through the heavy duty, you know, screening. Uh-huh. You know, we've gone through the house walkthrough. We've gone through the, you know, the background checks from the state and from the feds. What's next? So what's next is, you know, I would come into your home, we'd get you licensed, and then you're waiting for your foster placement. Okay. So, and you can you can pick the child preference that you would like to foster because every every home is going to be different. We want you to be successful. Um, so, if you choose your own child preference, it makes you more um, successful in order to foster that certain child. So, um, if you only want to uh, foster like zero to five years old, or you want to foster maybe teens, or um, you know. Maybe that's eight to ten year old, whatever the case might be. Right. Um, that's what you're going to be licensed for, and you can change that child preference at any time. Um, so you know, we're just kind of working with the families to fit their needs. Um, we're talking to Ashley Perkins. She's from Families United Network, and they're involved in foster care, kinship, adoption, residential services, kind of the whole gambit. We're we're kind of focusing on foster parenting, the need for foster parents, and 
Yes, we are. We are part of the public information campaign here, right? You know. Uh, so Ash, Ashley has been so gracious to kind of carry us through the process. I stopped you, Ashley, and, and we wanted to talk about, you know, as as we get certified mm-hmm. as a foster parent. Now it's the idea of, you know, what kind of children might be coming to the house. Yeah. Um. And um. And again, because there's really no knowledge about whether this is going to be a long-term placement, short-term placement. Because, again, what's the number one uh, thing for foster care? Reunification. All right. We're always going for reunification. (laughs) If you always have that drilled into your brain, you kind of understand what your role in this child's life really is. Right. Right. Uh, All right. So... All right, so we're certified. Um, talk about what what life is like, maybe with the little guys, maybe with mm-hmm. the babies, the toddlers, school age kids, and then the in middle school and, and older. Okay, so um, you know, all all children um, of all different ages they come into foster care for various reasons. Um, number one reason right now is the ad- addiction crisis that we have that you know is really circling around the opioid crisis. Wow. Um, so it's so it's so uncanny that we're having mm-hmm. this show today because. Our opioid show is tomorrow, actually. Oh, we're okay. Coming back at opioids. So wow, yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, again, we're talking about yeah. you know treatment op- options and things like that tomorrow. Yeah. So, but but that seems to be a trigger right now. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that would be like our number one. You it's know, really tough. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, children of all different ages are coming in, into foster care with all different needs. Um, so you know, you might have younger children that could have um, you know, behavioral concerns. Um, uh, you know, they're. Uh, they might need therapy services, or um, you have older children that might need it as well. Um, there's various different services that we can provide our children. Um, so it doesn't really matter what age group that they might be a part of, but they could have significant needs. And, and let me ask, stop you uh, there for a second. Um, is and this 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 is probably just a really dumb question, but is it is it possible that if a child is not in need of therapy or uh-huh. other than other than just general counseling or whatever right it's more likely that they would be placed with kin vis-a-vis ah, uh, you question. know into uh-huh. into a foster situation if they're more of a tougher case yeah so how kinship works and how that's different than foster care is kinship is with family right so they are actually a, when you have a, a child in kinship they're actually a licensed kinship home um so they go through a little less training because they are um with family in that aspect where foster um parents they don't traditional foster parents they don't have that relationship with the child so there's more training involved in that um with kinship that could actually happen while the child's already in a foster home um so the county is looking at kinship because family first is is an act that we have to um you know follow through. Um, oh, that's legislation? Family, mm-hmm. It's called Family First? Yep. Okay. Um, so, you know, whenever uh, we do have a child in foster care, we're, you know, the county is actually looking for family to place that child back in with. Um, so the child might come into a foster home um, relatively short and then go with their family member to a kinship home. Gotcha. Um, which is, you know, that could be a relative, that could be a school teacher, um, whatever the case might be, that, that person already has an established relationship with that child. So, so it's not a situation where... Uh, again, if we're if we're if we're family first, uh-huh. it, I, 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 here's the scenario I'm thinking of, and just it, see if this is not real or not. But if if a kid is somewhat compliant, I mean, I mean mm-hmm. you know, um, they is it more likely that some that that a member of the kin would take that child vis a vis if the if the kid is really been through a, a really tough time. That's a good, and, good yeah. question. It, it really does it not depend on what it, depend yeah, it has way. nothing to do with the child gotcha. um, because children enter foster care and it's no, um, you know, it's no fault of their own. Exactly. So, um, you know, if they do have a, a kinship or, you know, a family member that would take them in, that's what we're going to explore first. Um, but if there's no family identified or we can't get a family member, then they're going to enter foster care. But gotcha. we're going to still look for family um, because we want to make sure that they still have those ties to that, that family. Sometimes kin is, is, could be, like a really close friend, couldn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, it could, yeah. You know, it could be a friend of the, uh, you know, of of the of the family of the birth of the birth yep. family, or, or teacher, or or okay, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We, you know, we keep on hearing teachers that are fosters. That yeah. it's really something else. Um, all right, so so as far as age goes, is is it more just preference for that? That foster family generally, yeah, yeah. It's completely up to the foster family of what child they would be willing to take. 
Okay. Yeah. Do do some just say, you know what? I just I'll I'll take wh- whoever you can. Bring. Yeah, we get those. Yeah, okay. whoever you know, um, whatever child that you know you need a place for, please call us. You know, we do have homes like that. Let me ask you about you know age of foster parents because uh-huh. uh, y- you know it's it's one of these um, the, these issues that we deal with that the younger the couple is and the younger the family is, the less resources that they have, mm-hmm. less capacity. But the older the couple is, you know, maybe their their kids are grown. They have more capacity. Are you seeing now, you know, uh, older Xers or or young boomers starting to get into the foster process? I'll tell you, we have ages of of all. You have to at least be twenty one years or older to become a foster parent. Okay, um, you have to have overall good health. Um, you know, you have to have a sta- overall stable life. So sure. we're looking at a stable home, stable income, um, you know, overall stability. Um, so it, when it comes to age, we have we just have a very wide range of people who are foster. Interesting. We're talking to Ashley Perkins. She's a resource family specialist uh, uh, in the in uh, Families United Network. And uh, I'm, I'm going to give the phone number now because uh, we're going to our news break in case you're having to. Uh, dial uh, off uh, and you get to your destination in the car. uh, 240-3434 is the office phone. 240-3434 and you can look up their website families4kids.org families4kids.org With us, Ashley Perkins. She's the resource family specialist with Families United Network. Ashley, we're thankful that you're here explaining the foster care situation, foster parenting, all the different changes that are in foster care. And again, it's interesting to think about, you know, how the, you know, even even there's a little twinge of that when I was growing up, Uh how the nuns used to take care of the the orphans at St. Joe's, you know, yeah. and, 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 and just, and this, and this whole idea of fostering is, is not that old. It may be the last five decades or so that has been a part yep. of it because again, kinship mm-hmm. wasn't called kinship care. Right. It was just yep. like, you just took care of a kid. Exactly. You, you took know? care of your family member. Exactly. Yeah. So, but uh, changes are always happening. Yes. And again, this is a, this, this whole system is regulated by family court here in Erie County, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. There really are. There really is no um, condition where a child goes into foster care without the court system. Is that an accurate statement? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have a court order in order to um, put a child in, in a foster home. Yes. Okay. So, what are some of the changes that you're so, concerned with? So, a really significant change is um, prior to the 1990s, children were lingering in foster care for years. Um, so, you know, if, if you were in foster care in the early 90s, you, you were lingering in, in foster care for years without a permanent resource. Wow. So in, in the 1990s, the Safe Families um, Adoption and Safe Families Act w- was established. Um, this helps with um, children coming into care and kind of moving more quickly. So that way they're not lingering in care. Um, so really, the overall goal is 15 to 22 months that a child would be in care. And they're, um, you know, we're trying to look at reunification, number one. Um, and if reunification Unification can't be, um, you know, successful, then the child can't return home. So then we're looking at other avenues. So whether that's, um, you know, with an adoption or, or whatever the case might be. Um, what would be another, what would be else would could happen other than adoption? I mean, um, you could have guardianship over a child or you okay. could be that legal um, permanent um, resource for that child. So, you know, you're already established as their caretaker. So you've, you guys have really adopted this whole resource term Mm -hmm. in this in this space yes as it it, define it as you see it so the idea of a resource resource is um kinship it's foster care it's adoptive um it is a resource for the the child so it's the whole cloud of uh of options for the child or resources for the child exactly yeah so where is that child going to permanently be connected to is it going to be a, a kinship provider is it going to be um a foster home that you know might be an adoptive resource or is it going to be a traditional adoption case um um, so it, it just kind of depends on on a case by case scenario where this child is going. Okay, and so uh, how with all these changes, how's it going? Are you accomplishing 
Uh, are you starting to bring that kind yeah. of that timeline down? Yeah, I would I would say it, it's significant. I mean, I I talked to people that were in foster care in the eighties, and they were and they were aging out of foster care. Um, so they're hitting eighteen, and I can't imagine being eighteen years old and just being on on your own without any support. Um, so I they, mean, we, we've you know we've we've had a conversation on the show here with uh, Open Table, right? And and it, it it's a specific. Um, it's a specific targeting aging out foster kids mm-hmm. that are that that are you know in poverty mm-hmm. and may may or may not have housing and they're you know it's it's basically a table of of uh, of partners of, they call them brothers or sisters yeah. that come around to help that aged out you know twenty year old or what have you right so so it's still happening isn't it a little it is. bit yeah okay. it is um and you know they always say it takes a village to raise a mm. child but what happens when that child comes a, becomes an adult yeah. I mean I, I'll tell you I have a great village of people that that help me um so looking at at the foster children that are aging out what community ties can we tie them to? Um, so there's different uh, resources um, in that sense, too, like the independent living program that kind of helps children um, be connected to those different resources. So with school, with um, their community, um, they have goals of careers, whatever the case might be, trying to get them established within our community. Tell, tell me a little bit more about this independent living program. Who who conducts that? And is that is that like a group home or what is that? That is actually a unit of service. And um, Bethesda um, right. and uh, families, family services are, are conjoined on that and they are contracted through the Erie County. But are, are they are there multiple group homes for this independent no, living, or is it yeah, it's, an it's actual actually, building? Yeah, it's actual like an actual building, and it's an actual unit of service. So they actually have case plans that they have to abide by, and, okay. and they're you know working on goals and and objectives to get that. Because I, I know I know that uh, uh, Amy had mentioned that last hour, but mm-hmm. just trying to get my arms around that because that's for the older the yep. older uh, kids into young adults. Yeah, okay. fourteen to twenty one. All right, so. Okay, so what's the first night like? We're, we're going back to the timeline here. <laughs> yeah, I got certified as as a foster parent. You know, we're, we're we've got the covers and all of our outlets. You know, yep. all all the sharp items are put away in the locked drawers. Um, what's that first night like? I mean, do so, we, do you get a phone call from you? Yeah, yep, absolutely. So <laughs> what happens is Erie County calls us and or Crawford County, whatever aging agency um, that we're working with that has a child that's coming into care. Um, they tell us a little bit about that child's background, whatever they might know. Um, what dependent on the age, the um, you know race and gender of the child, we're calling um, the families that fit into that uh, that child preference. Um, we're calling them and asking them. Are you willing to take this foster child? Um, you know, do you have to give us a quick answer because we have to report back to the county because they're also on a on so, a time. So limit. basically, the the child uh, has has qualifiers or tags, if you will, mm-hmm. yep. that would match any number of foster parents that are available. Yes, yeah. So you're trying to match as many of those tags. Yep, yeah. So okay. if, if you want zero to five, boy, or girl, any gender, any race, whatever the case Got might it. be, we're calling you for a three year old, um, you know, boy. So we're calling you, telling you everything that we know about that child and what's going on. So do we have that court order in order for that child to come in? Um, is that already established? Because if so, that's going to move a little bit more quickly than us waiting for that court order to come in. Um, you know, the county's telling us where that child is and what what this whole situation is looking like. Um, so whenever they give us a call, we call our foster parents and we're telling them everything, um, you know, that that's kind of going into place. Yeah. Um, then Erie counties or Crawford County, whatever county agency um, is calling the foster parents directly and setting up a time when they're dropping off or when, when can the foster parent pick that child up? Gotcha. Um, so the first night I would say is probably consistently the uh, most stressful night for our foster parents. Okay. Cause this is a whole new world. Yeah. Um, so in your kind of, you have to be very flexible to be a foster parent. You know, um, everything is kind of at the last minute. Um, so, you know, that that child might, you might get a phone call at noon and that child's not coming into your home until eight o'clock at night. Gotcha. So, you know, trying to make sure that you're, you're ready and equipped for that. Um, so 
within 24 hours, our agency comes out and makes sure that you, you have everything that you need. Your your voucher that um, you would get for the, the children coming into care, they need clothes. Um, so, you know, we do they do have a voucher voucher for clothing um, and we're hmm. making sure that you have all your paperwork in order to get the child into a doctor's appointment or dentist appointment whatever the case might need that you have everything you have um, interesting yeah do the do the children come with their own uh, health insurance yeah there it's actually state funded that's Medicaid. It is. Yep. okay yeah okay yeah and you might not get the actual card right away right. but you normally have the number so, so there's a basically a packet of paperwork mm-hmm. that because this child is kind of as far as the state goes is kind of self-contained has health insurance yep. has has money for clothes mm-hmm. you know again you're going to get a stipend for right. t- helping out but uh, yeah it, it's that's super interesting yep. how that works yeah like it's not real there's really not a whole lot on the foster parent but other than like feeding them yeah, and, taking, and, care and them. taking care of them yeah yeah. And making sure that they're getting the services that they need by, you know, taking them to their doctor's appointments or yeah. dentist appointments. Um, and you're really their support system. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as a foster parent, you're teaching these children, you know, um, why they're coming into care and, and kind of like, you know, not ever belittling the parents because they have their own struggle, but making sure that the child understands what's going on. Yeah. So, um, you know, that is you're being that full support for that child. Let me ask you this. Okay, so let's say there's a child that's coming from the east side and you live uh, in the in the suburbs in the south uh-huh. side, right? And so yeah. um, if it's school aged, they're changing to your school district, right? No, not always. We like to keep okay. the kids at some consistency. If we sure. can keep the school the same, that's great. You know, our, our different um, school districts will actually accommodate for those foster children. Okay. Um, so, you know, they might have to set up um, transportation in order to get that um, child back and from uh, forth from school, whatever the case might be, but that's also a case by case scenario. That's super interesting. Yeah, I, 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 yeah that's not what I thought. Uh, so, and and the schools are really they're really tuned in on on taking care. What you're mm-hmm. using usually going through the guidance uh, department or the principal. How does that work? If, yeah, you know, for, it's uh, normally through the counselors or through the okay. principals themselves or even teachers. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. So we're trying to get them set up with, you know, what school services can this child, you know, um, you, you, from? You guys really do. Family, we're talking about Family United Network. I mean, you really, and again, uh, you're really attempting to take a lot of the edges off, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like the like what, as a, as a responsible adult, what I would think would be the heavy lifts of taking this child into my home. Mm-hmm. You're taking those a lot of those edges off by... Providing for healthcare, providing for right. transportation to school, right. or and so daycare on. services. Parents work, so you know if if you qualify for CCIS, that that foster child will qualify because they're a foster child. Um, but you do have to work outside the home for at least twenty hours um, or more. But I mean, not a lot of people know that you know this. There is state assistance for um, child care. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, and so. So this, again, so that any child could be with you, like mm-hmm. you say, a matter of days, right. or it could be a long-term months uh, yeah. on scenario. Right. Yeah, and um, it's all case-by-case scenario. So we're working with, you know, there is a team of people that help this child. Um, and that team includes the foster parents, um, a family support worker that our agency um, provides, the caseworker from Erie County or Crawford County. Um, so there's a team of people trying to help this child and help, trying to help their supports as well. Um, so it is, you know, you do have to be a part of the team and making sure yeah. that you're um, giving the information that, you know, the team might not know. If okay, so if I have a moment of panic or alarm bell or you know, um, and again, in more my issue, mm-hmm. I'm calling you and saying I need I need some advice here. Yep, absolutely. We provide twenty four seven support. So in the event you have a question or you have a concern or there's an emergency going on, we're always available. Um, you know, just to make sure that you have that support, and then we also um, provide you with a mentor family, and you can use them too. Huh. Talk about this mentor family. So a mentor family is an already established foster home. And normally we try to uh, match the foster parents up with, you know, the same age preferences or um, because there's daycare, there's school involved with different age ranges. So we're trying to uh, mesh you up with an already established foster home because we can tell you the resources that are available. The foster parents are doing it. Mm. Um, So they're going to be more of a resource to you when it comes to applying for CCIS or applying for WIC services. 
So, you know, we do have that that support as well. So if you wanted to call your mentor family and ask them a question that you maybe not feel comfortable with calling the on-call worker, Mm -hmm. you can always do that as well. And again, it it may be a scenario. What you're saying is you have folks from all different walks of life from, you said, 25? 21. 21. Yep. Into what, their 60s? 60s, yeah, 60s, 70s. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, we have foster that, that parents that have been your... doing it for a couple months versus foster parents who have been doing it for years. That really does open up your kind of your your eyes of saying, "Hmm, you know, I you know I you know if I have capacity now mm-hmm. as an older adult, you know, as a, a you know as a as a middle boomer, young boomer, older Xer, middle Xer, or or Sounds like millennials and now post millennials mm-hmm. could get involved in this program, right? You know, yeah. There, 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 there's a lot of opportunity here. Absolutely, and I always encourage people to do your research, um, call around, ask questions, um, because if you're you're not sure of something, you know, you you, you want that in- information to make an educated, you know, assumption whether you're you're ready to do this or you're not. Hmm. So just calling and having that conversation helps. All right. We, we're, we're getting down to our last 10 minutes or so. I want to go through kind of like a lightning round here. You know, what are some of the, the, the big objections? You know, what, you know, what are the things that, you know, that you're always having to kind of fight uh, perceptions on? Ashley, um, you know, like when people are trying to rule themselves, yeah, out, um, they they always think that they have to be married in order to be a foster parent. You can be a single foster um, parent. Uh, you don't have to own a home. You have to be stable. That's what we're looking for: stability and flexibility. Um, you know, can you? So you should you, really have a job and and be able to take care of yourself. Right. If, you, if you're using the foster system to add to your income, that's, that's not, not a thing. Gonna work. Yeah. yeah, that's not going to work. Interesting. Um, uh, again, uh, what are some some other things that you know the the objections that you hear? I, I do also hear. Oh, I already have children in the home. I have to wait until they get older. You can have children in the home. That's absolutely okay as well. You know how? But how are your children going to react when you you bring up foster care? That's that's going to be a concern. We want to make sure that you have that um, conversation with your child. To do you have sure. resources to explain it? For kids, uh, I would say YouTube is a great resource. Is that right? Yeah, yeah listening to other moms mm-hmm. and dads. Yeah, and giving wow. like their personal information is always helpful. That's that's in really journey. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, to, so there's a whole there's yeah. Talk about the social media and the online kind yeah. of network. Yeah, so um, we have Facebook group. We have, um, you know, Erie County has their um, Resource Parent Association, you know, that is very helpful. Um, with social media, that's, I think, our, our big um, thing. I think people are, are really quick to send an email rather than call because they get scared or nervous. Sure. Um, so, you know, we're available via email or, um, you know, you can inquire on our website, whatever the case might be. Um, but I would say uh, social media, when it comes to, um, you know, the news topics that have, you know, that involved the children that's when we see that increase because now people are are wondering they see it so now they want to know it makes a lot of sense here uh we are talking to ashley perkins she's the resource family specialist at families united network again the the need it is a significant need right You're, yeah I mean, uh, there is never enough foster homes I mean, are are we are we turning away kids, or we or are they having to go to kind of temporary housing? Yeah, yeah they might have to go to a group home or a residential treatment facility um, until we can get them into a foster home because our foster homes fill quick. Um, so there's there's never enough foster homes. We can always use more. And and just another quick uh, sidebar: uh-huh. it would probably be helpful to keep your selection as broad as you can. Right. As right. A, as a potential foster parent. Absolutely. You wouldn't want it. Hey, it's got to be between three and five with with uh, blonde hair and blue eyes. You know, exactly. You know. Yeah. Let, let's yeah. keep it broad, you know, because you have enough enough capacity, enough love in your heart to to take the kid. I mean, that's we're talking about foster care, foster parenting uh, with Ashley Perkins from Families United Network. We just have a, a couple uh, about three minutes left, Ashley. And uh, um, I was just saying off mic that uh, really your biggest evangelists are. The foster parents, yes. like people like we had yesterday, just uh, an hour ago, like mm-hmm. with Jessica and Amy, you know, they just, yes. you know, they, it's almost contagious because yeah. they're able to kind of bring it to a, bring it from the abstract to, hey, this is our experience, right? Right. right. And they make it less scary. 
you know, foster care in, in itself is scary to people. Um, when you talk to our foster parents, they tell you the day-to-day scenarios that they have and, you know, what supports they have. So um, I would say word of mouth is our, our biggest recruitment. Yeah. And, 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 and the understanding that, it, you know, it's hard to really pin down any one experience. It's going right. to, it's going to be uh, a broad experience. You might approach, you might've approached your raising your kids, you know, yep. more as a disciplinarian, you know, mm-hmm. or, or you might be really, really loosey, you know, what, you know, go with the flow kind of thing, yep. but you can still be a foster parent with whatever your parenting style is. Absolutely. Is, and as long as you know that it's not going to work um, the same way with every child, you know, and you can yeah. adapt to different parenting styles, you'll do well. Well, yeah. I mean, again, I had three kids. They, they right. were parented differently each one, right? Yeah. So really, really something. All right. Let's, we've got two minutes left. If people want to learn more, you, uh, you've got an easier uh, uh, website for this. Yeah. So it's fostercarepa.org. And that takes you right to the Families United Network website. Okay. And, and so uh, and if people want to talk to you, just call uh-huh. you on the phone or yep, send an can, email? Absolutely. You can contact me, um, 814-240-3434, um, or by email. And that's Ashley, oh, I'm sorry, that's A. Perkins at families, the number four, kids.org. And, and again, the, 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 the idea that, um, you know, if, you, if someone's, if someone needs help within your family, you mm-hmm. could be a help. You could kind of raise your hand within the family through this kinship uh, scenario, right? Right. That's uh, that's through um, family services. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And so that's a different unit of it's service. A different unit of service. Well, again, trying to understand yep. the cloud of services, uh-huh. um, but we're taking care of something like 400 kids. Yeah, in, I, in Erie County or something like that. 2016, or? I think there was 475. Wow, kids in foster care, and that's traditional foster care, therapeutic foster care, group homes, um, and other residential treatment facilities. Wow, and and of course, uh, check out Facebook group. You know, check right. out the, what's on YouTube to learn learn more to get the stories. Right? right, right. Yeah, you can visit us at Families United Network, and we're on Facebook as well. Thank you so much, Ashley Perkins, Families United Network Incorporated. And again, you're the resource family specialist, and you do a great job of communicating this thing. <laughs> you made it so much easier for us to understand, so yeah. we really, really appreciate Anytime. that. Anytime.